sent an interview. What was growing up like? Where'd you go to school? And what would you do if you weren't doing this? I'd be driving my first car in a worn out dock, trying to make rent with a dead end job, just making do. Tips in a jar, my guitar in an old bar stool. I'd have a Friday night crowd in the palm of my hand. Couple brown liquor, couple buddies in the band. Singing them same damn songs like I am now. I'd be feeling on fire on a hardwood stage. Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. So, uh, a lot going on, as we all very well know. So, it's uh, always a pot shot here as to what exactly we find uh, most important uh, to report on. And it's that simple. And, and first and foremost, I saw this story, and... I, I just, you know, I, I'm going to put it out there like this. You know, I, I, I do a lot of um, awareness uh, on certain issues uh, on the political stage, obviously. Um, but I never want it uh, said that my focus has ever shifted away from God, period. Uh, never has. This show is everything that you see going on in the world, all these all the virtue signaling, all of the socialist movement, the LGBTQ, trans, infringing on women's rights, what's going on with the Bidens, what's going on with Trump, what's going on in general, is all seen through the lens of a Christian. And I report through the lens of a Christian. So that that's what the Patriot's Prayer is, guys. It's a conservative Christian podcast. And uh, so I, I just wanted out there, just wanted known that God is first, over and above everything, over and above everything. So I had known about this first story for some time, right? Uh, for some time, uh, I had known that China has their own version of the Bible, in which lots of things are taken out. There are no miracles, uh, lots of stuff like that. So we've always known about that. However, now they are embarking on a journey to rewrite the Bible again, and their intent is something altogether different, altogether different. Our story begins with a disturbing revelation that the Chinese Communist Party's 10-year project, so they're going to take 10 years to rewrite the Bible and other religious texts. So they're going after the Quran, they're going after the Bible. Um, I don't know if there are any Book of Mormons in in China. I have no idea if it's made it that far yet. It's brand new. It's only been around a couple of years. Um, <laughs> under the guise of synthesizing religion, the CCP seeks to exert control and reshape religious teachings to serve their own agenda. Of course, they're a communist party. They can't have God occupying the space that they want to occupy. So, of course, this is what they do. And in uh, one chilling example, a rewriting excerpt of the Gospel of John surfaced in a Chinese university textbook. Uh, the altered passage uh, depicts Jesus, instead of showing mercy, 
stoning the adulterous woman to death. So they took the scene in the Bible where Jesus told everyone, he who is without sin may cast the first stone. Anyone who knows this Bible story knows they dropped their rocks from the youngest to the oldest, and then they kicked rocks. They walked away. Um, and Jesus looks down at the woman and says, where are those who condemn you? And she says, they're not here. And he says, well, neither do I condemn you. And he told her not to do it again, essentially. And that was the way that story went. So China saw fit to take a story about forgiveness, a, a very basic story about not judging people for the same things that you also do. You have to realize, you have to look in the mirror before you judge other people and realize you're human too. You know, God, God, God could convict you just like you're convicting the other individual. Um, God could very easily look at you the same way, which is the, the, the moral of this story. But that's not who China is. The fact that they would change such a verse like this into something else uh, tells you exactly who they are. They they changed it into a verse about understanding, forgiveness, and so forth, uh, inner reflection, and they turned it into a murder scene. This is exactly who they are. Make no mistake about it, this is who they are. These are the same people that are influencing the writings that are going into colleges in the United States. In fact, they are, uh, they've been caught funding uh, the, the development of colleges uh, here in the United States for some time. Now, don't think for a second they're doing that without having any influence uh, on those colleges. I mean, we obviously, we know we've had a lot of problem uh, here in the United States when it relates to our institutions of higher learning, our institutions of indoctrination, as I like to call them. I've heard to, uh, tales of banned books, uh, of uh, professors starting classes off by essentially showing you the books that you're not allowed to use in his class. And those books are of a more conservative point of view. So they, they start, they, and I, I've actually reported on another such incident where uh, a teacher uh, charged each one of the people in her uh, college class $99, which went to her own social justice cause. So she was essentially saying, in order to be in my class and take my class, she would have to buy this and make, make them, force them to support the cause to which some of them didn't agree. This is, this is really, I, look, if you get back to a system of laws and common sense and true tolerance, True tolerance, not this SJW crap, where they have safe spaces and all these things. You know what a safe space is, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. A safe space is quite uh, simply put, it is a place where non-conservatives can go and gather and talk and exchange ideas. Conservatives aren't allowed there. Christians are not allowed in a safe space. The reason for that is we have standards. We have standards. And I've said saying so many times, and I'll continue to say it, the only thing that the left won't stand for is if you stand for something. If you stand for something, they won't stand for it. 
They have no standards. They are all of these things. They are, some of them are democratic. They don't know any better. They're indoctrinated. They don't know what it is they're truly standing for and what, they, what it is they're truly backing. So <clears throat> with that said, some of them are democratic. They, they, they firmly believe they are anyway. The other thing is, too, they're socialists, right? Socialists. And yet one more thing, there are also some communists. They, they go a step further than socialism. And yet there's even one more thing that seems to fly in the face of the, of the rest of everything that they are, and that's fascism. Now, fascism, uh, through the eyes of a leftist, just says, hey, we don't allow open debate. We don't allow people with other ideas to come in and question us. What we say is what it is, and that's the way it's going to be, and no one else is allowed to be any other way except for the way we tell them that they have to be. And they can only believe the things that we want them to believe, and should they do anything other than that, we'll cancel them. So they are socialists, they're Marxists, they're all of those things, as well as fascism. And the left will say, how in the hell can you say that? How can you say that they're fascist and socialist? They don't even mix. That's because you have no standard. Your party eats its own. You have people in your party that literally push the fundamentals of every one of those political ideologies that I just went through. Even though those political ideologies that just went through, were all, they all contradict one another on some level. But if we just go after everyone who's not conservative, everyone who's not Christian, and everyone who doesn't necessarily believe in the country, because they can't have people who truly believe in the country, who truly back the history and back the heritage and the freedoms of the Constitution Real patriots. They don't have those in, in the, in the, on the left. People who, who, who believe more in individualism than they do groupthink, you don't have that. Because the left constantly comes up with terms like black people, white people, Hispanic people. Like, they're all the same. Like, every one of us in each one of those groups think exactly the same. It's like I get up in the morning and call all the white folks and, hey, uh, what are we doing today? How, what do we believe today? Are we all on the same page? No, man. No. People are people. We're individuals. We all think, believe, and feel a lot differently. And this even goes for those marginalized groups on the other side of the aisle, meaning the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the trans community, the LGBT com community, uh, and in and, and many others, I mean, the black community, Hispanic, Asian community, they all think differently. There are people within, the, there have conservatives, and you have liberals within each one of those groups. But that line of thinking, that way of approaching these things is not something that the left likes. Because it, it, it doesn't get everyone under the same umbrella, it doesn't garner them enough power, um, and, and they like that. That's that's their whole. That's the that's the goal. The goal is power. That's that's what that is the goal for these people, and it's what it always will be. It'll be power. So I'm gonna play a clip from CBN, and uh, the Chinese you know, a big shout out to CBN too, because CBN, um, there was a time in my life where, uh, you know, I absolutely just used to tune in to cbn on a daily i love the show i, I like to listen to pat robertson like the stories the news 
uh, I liked all of it. In fact, uh, when I came, when I gave my life to Christ, I, I was 14, man. That was a long time ago. <laughs> 32 years ago. 32 years ago. And it was because of an altar call given by somebody uh, on the 700 Club. Believe it or not, it's a true story. Absolute true story. But so yeah, I have uh, I have a soft place in my heart for the guys over there, and I absolutely uh, love everything that they've done. I like to see them grow as much as they have, and as much as they help out the community. It it is they they do so much for the community. Them Samaritan's Purse, which is uh, Billy Graham's, uh, well now Franklin Graham's uh, baby. So uh, yeah, just a lot going on in the world, and it seems like every time there's something. Uh, where we need to get together and help people uh, and do it. It's the Christian community who does it. Why do you think all of your hospitals are named Saint something or another? Or, uh, you know, all the missions going around the world, you don't hear about too many other groups doing those things. It's Christians. It's Christians. Um, but that's beside the point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and, and play this clip now. It, they're going to talk to you a little more in depth about what China is really doing uh, and, and what, why they are rewriting the Bible. So this ought to be very interesting. Let's take a listen. project that the Chinese Communist Party announced in 2019. Now, at the time, they said it would be about a 10-year process, uh, but to release a, a new translation of the Bible that is more socialist, that is more Chinese, more culturally Chinese. And so they talked about working in uh, some Confucian principles into it, uh, working in some Buddhist principles into it, and, and really having this new translation that, that would really support the Communist Party. I mean, this, this, so basically, it's no longer the Bible. It's something else entirely. And I think yeah. for those who don't know a lot about this issue, and that's why we're talking about it, What's the motivation? That's the simple question I think people would have. Why would the Chinese Communist Party make a decision to rewrite scripture? Well, the issue for the Chinese Communist Party is control. It is always about control. And, and absolutely is about they control. see the gospel, they see the Christian message as, a threat. as something that would take control away from the Communist Party. So I checked that the this Chinese is the Communist same thing Party that I say about... Um, all of them. Any socialist, communist-style government cannot share the spotlight with God. They're, they, they, God and them cannot exist because they're both biting uh, for the same power, for the same control, right? Uh, God absolutely has it. They want people to deny God and worship them. That's, I mean, dear leader, where do you think all them terms come from? It's because they put themselves in place of God. And so, essentially, even here, the trans community, uh, by and large, uh, the main thing that they tend to want to do is go after the church. If you just go to the Patriots Prayer Facebook page and take a look at some of the things that we've posted about Sound of Freedom and other uh, religious texts and things that, that we post on our page quite often, um, you'll notice that a lot of the, 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 the people on the left in the trans community and the LGBTQ community tend to attack the church over and over again. That is their main goal. What about Christians hurting kids? What about this? Look, I, I said this before and I'll say it again. It's not that, that it doesn't happen. Sadly, that is a fact. It doesn't happen. But it's not one or the other. 
if someone, anyone at any political party, at any foundation, any organization, anywhere in the world, any place, any person that hurts a child should be dealt with exactly the same. Exactly the same. We don't care who it is. But I tell you what, people in church don't teach grooming children. People in church are there to help. You know, I'm not saying that there are not sick people everywhere, but we are dealing with a different kind of a pool on the other side when you look at less than 1% of the population and two mass shootings in a single year. Two mass shootings over a 20, oh, excuse me, over a 12-month period in which children were targeted. Little kids. Little innocent eight, nine-year-old kids. You, you can't have a heart. You can't, you can't be a good person. You can't have any good in you and look at a child and see fit to take the life of something that's so pure and so innocent, who's done nothing wrong to anyone. I'm, I, I can't even paint the picture without, oh, just the, the, the imagery that's running through my mind and even trying to understand the circumstances where anybody would even think to do something so abhorrent. I mean, just, I can't even believe it. But... Here's the bad part. Even after those things happened, let's say in Nashville, you know what people got mad about on the left? Not, not about the kids. Even when Kamala Harris went down there to Nashville or to Tennessee, she went down there to race bait. She didn't go visit the family of the people who were killed. She didn't even go to talk to them. She went down there to deal with the Tennessee Three and, and, and sit there and... And race bait people. And, and that was that was all she was there for. But let me tell you what they actually got mad about. They got mad because people dead named the individual who, who murdered these people. They got mad because they used this person's birth name. And didn't respect the pronoun or the fact that this person had transitioned. I believe from male, or excuse me, from female to male. It was a biological woman. Now, I've, I've looked the, 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 the case up, and, and, I, and I know it pretty well. However, on here, we don't say the individual's name. And it's not because I'm respecting any pronouns or anything like that. I just don't want to make anybody famous for doing whatever, you know, th those types of things. I, I don't want to give them no credit. I, I don't want to say the name. But I tell you what, uh, I don't absolutely do not respect the pronouns or the request of someone to be named or called something who then would go take the life of a child. This extends all the way. I thought the same way in a whole different, just for, give me a brief second to, to tell you something else that I thought that the government did along these lines that I also found absolutely disgraceful. When they said that bin Laden was finally killed, I remember the baseball game announcing it in the middle of the game and all that. And then they, everybody was waiting to see the proof or the evidence that they had actually killed bin Laden. To this day, I have questions. I don't just take the fish story and believe it and run with it. I, you need to prove it to me because there was too many lies going around at that time. Um, and then you had Benazir Bhutto, who was uh, the leader prior to the military coup that Musharraf uh, uh, was behind at overthrew her uh, overthrew her authority and she ended up leaving the country she did an interview uh, here with uh, 
I want to say it was PBS right before she left, where she said Omar Sheikh, who worked for the ISI, and if you don't know, the ISI is very similar to the CIA in the United States, except for it's in Pakistan. So this person, Omar Sheikh, she said was the man who murdered Osama bin Laden, and then I did some more research, and it, it was very common knowledge to these people that bin Laden had long since been murdered, and I think like 2000, since 2002, something like that. So I'm not saying that I believe that story either, but what I'm saying is when... You get the most dangerous man in the world, supposedly, who you say was behind the 9-11 attacks. And this individual uh, is hated by millions for the, for the destruction that he supposedly called. Uh, you, you kill him. You take his body. You bring it on the ship. You, you show no pictures to anyone to prove he's dead. And instead of keeping the body, you respect his religion and throw him in the ocean within 24 hours? You don't respect someone who did what you say he did. How does that work? I mean, how does that play out in any universe? <laughs> you got a man who's responsible for the mass murder of uh, American citizens. And many who died in the days after and months and years after from the exposure of what was in the air uh, in New York there. And yet they respected his religion, though, and threw him in the water because Muslims have to be buried within 24 hours of their death. I think that is absolutely crazy. And if it were me, uh, I, I, you know, I'd almost want to just pin him up on a stick and, and leave him there for everyone to see. Here, everyone, here, take a look, take a picture. <laughs> and... and, and I, I promise you that I wouldn't just throw him in the water. I mean, I'm there's a little bit of hyperbole there, obviously, but you get the point. People in the United States during that time, which we all lived through, needed closure. We needed closure. We needed to know that this man was erased from the face of the planet because of what he did and what he was capable of and the fact that he was, he was uh, whether or not he was truly behind 9-11, which you know, there are arguments for and against, and they never really got into it, just like now they didn't allow too many questions to be answered. And if people did answer, ask questions, uh, they were treated terribly and uh, kicked off the air immediately or just brought on to be verbally abused without having ever been given the chance to defend themselves uh, and to state why it is they believe what they believe. So um, I, I really don't take a position on this because I I really don't know. And that's the reality of it. We, we, none of us know. Someone knows, but we don't know. Four planes off course the same day. Four black boxes, none of them found, supposedly. Uh, so there are no recordings from on the plane that day. There are no, uh, uh, I remember pilots from 9-11 Truth uh, did a thing where uh, they were trying to fly the same route from Dulles over to um, the Pentagon and trying to turn that plane and fly it in such a way as to make that plane hit that building the way that they say it, that it did. And, uh, and just uh, and no one could make it happen. No one could do it, not even in the simulator. Turns out that evasive maneuvering on the flights were, uh, dis are disabled in passenger planes. Um, so there's, like I said, there are a lot of questions. 
a lot of questions. Muhammad Atta, the money, where the, actually the money came from, who trained him to fly, could he fly because he couldn't even rent an airplane in Billy, Maryland, all kinds of stuff. But um, I, I have a couple of friends that, that are coming into town, right? And uh, so I'm getting married next month. I'm getting married August the 14th. And uh, so, or remarried, should I say, remarried. And I got a bunch of guys flying into town, coming here from D.C., Baltimore, uh, so forth. And uh, I figure we just do like a round table and just hit all these topics with all the 9-11 and, uh, you know, many more JFK and all, all those things. And just sit around and just talk and, and get everyone's perspective and just give them an open mic and let's just see where it takes us. It ought to be fun. It ought to be real fun. So, um now, the, 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 uh, back to what we were originally talking about before I went on that tangent. Um, it's just a very simple. The, the only way for a communist or socialist regime to, uh, to mandate its power, to truly have power over its citizenry, is they have to get rid of God. That simple. God is their competition. And... It's it's as if, like, you can't do the things you do and believe in the things that you believe in if someone believes that, or as a government, let me, let me restate that. If a government cannot force the people to think the way they want them to think when the people have a master they see as even higher that's telling them just the opposite, who also removes their fear of death a lot of people that don't understand that one little that one little caveat about Christianity we live forever right eternal life and if you really believe that if you're truly a Christian who really believes in the tenets of Christianity there's nothing anyone can do there's no threat there's no what you can kill the body can you kill the soul too if so we, we can talk but if not there's nothing anyone can do that would ever make me denounce my God or my Christ. Can't be done. So um, we're going to go on to talk about uh, the federal judge that upheld the Oregon strict gun law. Now, they restricted the magazines uh, to 10 rounds. They, uh, they also uh, restricted... Uh, certain things like silencers they, they made it to where you have to take uh gun classes in order to buy you know so, some of that stuff is is somewhat common since i think that you should do that but here's the thing i not do that as far as 10 round clips and all that strike that that's not what i meant uh very easily though i, I do mean that i think that gun safety is paramount i think that gun safety is very very paramount because if you if you don't have respect for the gun and you don't know how to use the weapon, it's not helping you. It's most likely going to get you killed or you're going to end up killing somebody else by mistake. So I, I definitely think that you need training. I think that uh, it is paramount that anyone that owns a firearm should practice with that firearm, uh, that should know their firearms ins and out like it was in and out as if it were an extra appendage. Um, and and you should you should absolutely... Uh, if you can take a safety class or something like that, that's just common sense. 
Here's the part that's not common sense when it comes to laws and the government and so forth. There shall be no law made. You cannot infringe upon the right to bear arms. I think that the Constitution is pretty clear on that. It is absolutely clear. Matter of fact, we've already gone beyond by, I mean, if we really wanted to be strict constitutionalists, they can't, they can't really take gun ownership or the ability to own a gun uh, away from anyone. That's literally what the Constitution says. Congress shall make no law infringing upon their right to bear arms. Right? There no law. No, people, no law. None. Do you, do you get it? None. Zero. So, I understand it was a different world back then. Um, I mean, there was a lot more dangers. We weren't, you know, uh, you know, concrete sidewalks and and, and office buildings and, and, and condos that are 60, 70 stories and, you know, grocery stores everywhere. I mean, a lot of that stuff, we didn't have any of that when they wrote that. So, uh, guns to them were, when they wrote that Constitution, were an everyday, uh, you know, they were an everyday thing. These people went out and hunted for their food. They, they, they walked around with a pistol on them the way we walk around with cell phones on us today. So I, I think you have to take that into consideration, but it, it, the law is what the law is for a very good reason. If the government or the local law enforcement were the only ones that were allowed to bear weapons, and uh, and use them, uh, then how do you protect yourself? Because criminals don't much care about the law, so they are going to have their guns regardless. And they're going to have their 30-round clips. They're going to have all of those things. The only people being restricted here are the legal gun owners. That's it. That's the only people being restricted. The gun sales and, and that, that that go on in the inner city behind the scenes in the black market, uh, and these are they're all criminals that are doing that. And most, and if not all, I would I'm going to say I say all. I'll, I'll give I'll leave some room for error. Okay, I think 99% of the people that get killed in these shootings are people in the inner city are the same party of people that don't believe uh, that. Uh, people should own guns at all so it's kind of a hypocritical thing on the left you guys do most of the murder <laughs> duh you do most of the murder most of the robbing most of the thieving most of the acts where a gun is brought into play that we're actually making these laws for to fight against are committed by the people who are aligned with the same party that are trying to make these laws but they they never come up with real solutions if someone's breaking in your home and they have a gun and you don't, what are you going to do? <laughs> nothing. That's what you're going to do. You're going to do absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, and, and I'll quote a rap song. Police response is never fast enough for shots fired. That's just common sense. If you take a look at the states that have the most stringent gun laws, you're going to see the most gun violence. Chicago, New York, California, and now watch Oregon. It, it's no, it's no secret that when they, uh, when they banned uh, guns in the UK, they saw a 350 percent murder rate increase the same year they did it. Freedom, people. Freedom means freedom. It means freedom. It means you are an individual with the same rights 
and everything as were intended to get, be given to you by your creator, your maker. You know why it's written like that? You know why it's written that we are endowed with inalienable rights given to us by our maker? You know why it's said like that? Because if it weren't said like that, well, then that would mean we derive our rights from an individual, from man. We make it up as we go, right? That's why it can't be done like that. But that's why all communist regimes and socialist regimes do not like God. The reason that our Constitution works, the reason that our country works, is very simple. A man didn't give us our rights, so a man can't take them away. The moment that your rights and everything that you have come from a government or from a man, guess who gets to take them away again? That same government, that same man has the ability. What did Ronald Reagan say? A government big enough to give you everything you need is a government big enough to take everything you have. And that is absolutely... This is why an end-to-end -end ID, this is why us all being connected to with our cars and everything else being on a digital currency, all on the electrical grid, I don't like it. I don't like it. And the reason why I don't like it is because it centralizes the ability for spying, one... And for absolute control, too. If I have money in my hand, here it is. I got the money in my hand. There's nothing that they can do about it. I, have, I can put it in my mattress. I can put it in my wall. I can bury it in my yard. I can do whatever I want. It's mine. They don't want that. They want a digital currency to be able to track every dollar that you spend. They want ESG to tax you and give you carbon credits to control you. You think the climate crisis is about the climate? It's not. It's about control. They have found a way, utilizing what they see going on with climate change or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not a proponent. Uh, I've stated this in the past, but I want to glance over this for people because I don't want to offend anyone. Well, that's not true. I really don't care if I do offend you in the pursuit of truth. Um, I really don't. Um, but I don't believe in, in, in the climate crisis. I don't believe in the climate change based on what they say causes it. I believe that at one point in history, we did have an ice age and I know that ice age melt, uh, that, that ice melted. I know things change and that, and it happened naturally. Did all the woolly mammoths fart? Were dinosaurs driving BMWs back then? No, no, but the climate changed. And, and with no help from humans who they say weren't even there at the time, right? So, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't believe in it. Now, I do believe that we contribute to the quality of air. <laughs> if, if you're putting BS in the air, it's what you're breathing. You're breathing it. So, I mean, that's obviously not good on that level. You know, forest fires and, uh, 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 well, for instance... The government burning the contents of the train in East Palestine, Ohio. Turning that gas or that liquid that was in there into a gas called phosgene, which did extreme damage and probably is still uh, very much wreaking havoc on the uh, inhabitants of, uh, of East Palestine, both as uh, people and the animals in that area. Uh, a very interesting report that I read or saw from another podcast called Squirrel 
crazy squirrel or something to that ne- to that effect, something squirrel uh, podcast. You know, going down a rabbit hole one night, just listening to uh, different people, and she had said she said something very very eye opening. She said that BlackRock had put in in the year previous to what happened, uh, they put in a uh, a request for eminent domain because. The land down in East Palestine is rich with lithium and or cobalt. So they, they were hoping to get that land to mine. That was her, that was what she was saying. So uh, something to take a look at. Something like, once again, I'm not taking a position on this. I don't know that it's true. Uh, I do know that there are several hundred uh, food processing plants. And yet this morning, another 40-car train derailed. And I, you know, their train derailments, they, I'm sure they happen. In history, they've happened. But, folks, have you ever seen this many happen in this short a period of time? Have you? I know the fires in buildings happen every day. But have you heard of this many constantly, this many food processing plants burning down? It seems to be a lot of things that are, I mean, they look fishy. They absolutely look fishy. And when you got criminals running the government, I mean, literally criminals, folks. I, I'm not going to mince words. And, and that's exactly what I feel is exactly what I said based on the evidence that we're, we all have access to. Joe Biden and his son shook down foreign governments for money in a pay-for-play scheme that benefited the entire Biden family. Well, except for the one little girl that they don't even want to acknowledge. But that's your president. He, he, he takes out, uh, he takes his anger out and he looks down his nose at this little girl because uh, of the mom. I believe the mom was a stripper and Hunter had an affair or had a one night stand with this woman and she ended up having his child and this lady's not good enough to be deemed a Biden. So they don't want the child named Biden because she's not from good enough stock. But that's how these people, they're elitists. They are elitists. These, these are the same people who say unequivocally that black people can't compete in a merit-based system. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. You just got to pay attention, people. You just got to pay attention. They tell you who they are. They don't hide it. Just listen. Listen, they tell you. They tell you exactly who they are. If you don't vote for me, you're not black. You know, uh, he talked about people with Indian accents uh, in in uh, in 7-Elevens. I mean, this he is the, he is the epitome of. A, I mean, here's the same guy who who gave who said that uh, the one of the leaders of the Grand Dragon uh, leader of the KKK was a great man, and uh, he was at his funeral. He, I think he even called him a mentor. This, you, <laughs> Robert Bird, I think the guy's name was, right? Robert Bird. I believe it was Robert Bird. I mean, I could be wrong. Just little, little, uh, uh, I want to make sure I give myself a way out in case I'm wrong. I, I think I'm right, but I may be wrong. I think his name was Robert Bird. Now, this gun law obviously has angered a lot of folks. 
And the bill barely passed by uh, what they were stating was like barely 1%, like 49.51. So that's damn close. That's really close. So they're suing right now uh, in, in the ninth uh, District Court in order to have this overturned as unconstitutional. Because it absolutely is unconstitutional. You know, that, that Second Amendment meant more than just hunting. It meant more than just protecting your home. It, it was there for one reason. Got to remember, when we came here, and you know, we, we escaped the king, we escaped the dictator, uh, and, and the government was tyrannical at that time. And they known that a government can turn on its own people. Why do you think they left to begin with? So they wanted to make a provision in, these, in this document that gave the ability to the people to protect themselves should their government ever turn tyrannical. That's what the Second Amendment is also. Just, not just hunting, not just protecting your home and your family, but protecting your country, protecting your freedom, both domestically and otherwise. So it's, that's the reality of it. That's the truth. And that's the truth. It's an inconvenient truth not to play on anything Al Gore ever did. But, yes, it's a very inconvenient truth for the left. And it's one that they don't acknowledge. Matter of fact, I've seen uh, people acknowledge it that way. And uh, Nader turned around and said to, uh, I forget who it was, in session. Um, but he said, you mean you would use that on American troops? So the moment that he said that uh, it would it, be used to protect himself against uh, tyranny. The, the 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 senator turned around and was shocked that he would use that on American troops. But my shock was in something different. My shock was in the fact that he equated tyranny with American troops. Because he knows exactly where they they know exactly where they're pushing this. Demonize the right. Demonize the people on the right. Demonize conservatives as, as Nazis, as racists, as nationalists, as any, anyone and every one of those things. To make it seem like we're the enemies of freedom. And then once you have it like that, that anyone who talks that way, feels that way, you can demonize and society will back you up. Even though... We're fighting for the rights of everyone. Even the people who don't believe that what we're doing is right or good benefit from what we're doing. So, you know, they, they, they have this Jedi mind trick that they play on them to make them think the things that they do. And then they come off sounding like absolute idiots and in an effort to enslave themselves. And they don't even realize that's what's going on. They're, they're putting themselves in chains. And they don't even realize that they're doing it at all. So I, I'm going to play a clip about this. They're going to explain it even a little That's better exactly. than me. So pay attention to what she says because she's going to break down exactly. Um, this is a local news station up there. And they're going to break down this gun law, who's behind it, who wants it, who doesn't, uh, and exactly what it entails. So let's take a listen. Right, even though Measure 114 passed, the lawsuit doesn't come as a surprise. Is the plaintiffs fighting the gun control measure, hoping a judge will declare it unconstitutional, while on the other hand, supporters believe that it will be upheld and move quickly through the courts. Since Election Day, gun sales in Oregon have 
have soared and sheriffs in some communities have voiced opposition to Measure 114, which narrowly passed with nearly 51% of the vote. The new gun law requires a five-year permit, firearms training, and a federal background check to purchase a gun. It also bans the sale of magazines holding more than 10 rounds of ammunition. This is about public safety, safe schools, safe communities, and it's been proven to save lives. No, it hasn't. Now, Measure 114 faces another hurdle. I can't, I can't let that one go. I can let most of the things that people say that are absolutely stupid go. This one, this one is just absolutely, they talk like they have empirical data. Like, we know for a fact this works. And actually, it's quite the opposite. We know for a fact that it does not work. You take guns away from people and prohibit guns and make firearms harder to get, what happens is crime increases. Crime increases. This is, this is absolutely one of the easiest statistics to prove. So... Him saying these things as if he has empirical data, one, you're a Christian or you're a God-believing man, right? So you would think that telling the truth would be paramount or at least a mandate. It, it's not. It's not. The church has gone woke as well. The church has gone woke as well. If you want to keep the people in your school safe, keep them safe. You, you, you use security guards with guns to protect your money that's in the bank. Very simply do the same thing for these kids. They are way more precious than money. Very simply put truant officers and police officers there. You do it at hospitals. You do it at other places where no mass shootings occur because police are there to protect them. There's no reason why there shouldn't be an armed guard at the school. There is absolutely no reason why you couldn't put an armed guard at the school. And any anyone who thinks that uh, having a gun present is automatically, uh, automatically makes it a more dangerous place to be. It's, it's exactly the opposite. Do, do you hear? This is a fear talking on their side. This is exactly what fear sounds like. Oh no, a gun! Oh, no, no, people. It's quite the opposite. When someone is there with the ability to protect you, you feel protected. When you remove the protection, you should feel the fear. They got it backwards. They got it absolutely backwards. Here you go. Listen to the rest of it. Late Friday, the Oregon Firearm Federation, the Sherman County Sheriff, and a Marion County gun store owner filed a lawsuit against Governor Kate Brown and the state's attorney general, specifically taking issue with the magazine ban. In the suit, they claim millions of law-abiding Americans own firearms equipped with this technology, calling them standard-issue magazines, not large capacity. Plain Here, here's the thing. I, here's the thing. The Constitution affords us all the right to arm ourselves within the within the confines of the law, whatever uh, state you're in. Now, that wasn't how it was originally done. What I think, that one of the things that confounds me the most is why some states have constitutional carry and, and laws that just adhere to the Constitution on the federal level and, and other states don't. Aren't we all supposed to be able, supposed to make laws that uh, are only enforced within the confines of our Constitution and no law should supersede? Uh, the Constitution, no law should make any law contradicting the Constitution or your Bill of Rights. It's not, it doesn't make sense to me 
that one one state would have stringent gun laws with all these, uh, uh, you know, gun permits for five years and all these things would that just sounds like you're making a law that would infringe upon a person's right to bear arms, which is unconstitutional. This it, it doesn't. I bet you second graders could figure this out. It doesn't take someone with an enormous amount of brain power to understand what it means that you shouldn't make Congress can't make a law that infringes upon the rights of people to bear arms. It's not. It's it's not hard. It's it's actually uh, it's one of those things that just kind of it makes you think. Like they know that they're doing this. They know that they're wrong. They, they know they're taking your rights, and yet they argue for it. But here's the crazy part. The people whom they're trying to take the rights from are like, take our rights from us, please. They're putting themselves in chains. They're putting themselves in chains. Let's listen to the rest of it. Plaintiffs say the ban violates their Second Amendment rights and the right to due process. The lawyer representing the gun rights group writes, banning magazines over 10 rounds is no more likely to reduce criminal abuse of guns than banning high horsepower engines is likely to reduce criminal abuse of automobiles. And that good the analogy. only thing the ban contained in 114 ensures is that a criminal unlawfully carrying a firearm with a magazine over 10 rounds will have a potentially devastating advantage over his law-abiding victim. But... So, there's that. And if... If, uh... If anything he says is actually true is going to come to pass, what's going to happen is that when it gets to the ninth, uh, ninth district court, they're going to overturn it anyway. They, they're going to they have a little short-lived victory here because as soon as this gets to the Supreme Court, it's it's done. It's over. It's over. I mean, but it doesn't stop the left. It's just going to come a different way. I mean, look at Biden, right? The Supreme Court justice strikes down his ability to pay off student loans, and he says, "Screw you! I'm going to do it anyway." Now, what is the what, it, what? What could the Supreme Court do at this juncture? Now, this is a question. I, I don't know the answer to this, but when the President of the United States flips the bird to the Supreme Court and doesn't listen to a ruling, that makes what he does illegal. So, if it's illegal and he's paying these student loans off out of taxpayer money illegally because this has already been ruled on, wouldn't that be considered a crime I mean think about it wouldn't it be sounds right to me sounds right to me so folks it's this simple contact your elected representative and demand that they oppose gun control measures stay informed about the latest developments in a fight for gun rights and support organizations that are working to protect your second amendment like the NRA and others it, we have to stay intentional, folks, because these people are working behind the scenes all day long and all night long, all year long, to take away your rights. All right, They're constantly coming up with new and better plans, sneakier ways to do the same things. And they hide their laws inside of bills, right? They, 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 they put these bills out, and, then, and most people don't realize that when, a, when they put a bill through, a bill contains several uh, statutes inside of it, laws for lack of a better word, there are several portions, several different rulings that, that, several different things that take effect once a bill is voted on. So they usually talk to you about the main thing that's in the bill. 
Uh, this is for no smoking in restaurants, but what you didn't read on the, you know, in the bill was that it also raises taxes for X, Y, Z. It was just like the infrastructure bill uh, that just got passed when they, when, when uh, in the early stages of the pandemic, after Biden had taken office, uh, they, they wanted to pass a, a, a stimulus. I'm sorry, not an infrastructure, stimulus. And, and they passed this little bill for the stimulus. But what people didn't realize is that it didn't, it wasn't just about that. They made streaming movies a felony. And it had nothing to do with the stimulus, had nothing to do with anything going on. But they hide these things inside of their bills. You have to take the time to read these things and see what it is you're actually voting for. Because they hide these things so that they can look virtuous. So that they can look like they're, they're honorable and noble. When in fact they're anything but. Don't just take their words on these bills and what they're called and what they do. Go look because you'll see. 90% of the time that what they're telling you uh, is actually a lie by omission. They're only telling you the true parts they want you to they want you to hear that benefit them, but they're not telling you the things they don't want you to know that aren't there. So when you confront them with it, that they'll be able to say, well, we didn't talk about that. You didn't ask me about that. I told you the truth about this. It's a trick. Do you see what I'm saying? They, 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 they do this in, in, in order to be able to Put up the impression of being honest when, in fact, they're anything but honest. Now, back to our old friend Hunter Biden. I need to start calling this damn thing the Hunter Chronicles, man. There, this dude, every time you turn around, there is more evidence. There's more something. And it just absolutely blows my mind that he's still walking the street. And in many other lawmakers' minds as well, that he's still walking the streets. He's still... Cocaine gate? <laughs> Come on, we, we don't have the evidence, but how many people out there don't believe that that cocaine was Hunter's? I mean, here's Bongino, who used to be a Secret Service agent, who says, essentially, uh, only the president and his family are the only ones getting uh, in that facility, in, in the White House, on the White House grounds without being checked. So you, you think anyone else was able to bring cocaine in there? Who else would bring cocaine in there, in the White House? Who else works there that doesn't get drug tested? Right? I, I, who? Any, any one of the White House staff gets drug tested. All of the Secret Service agents get drug tested. Uh, so it, this leaves you with the president and his family, and that's, that's my firm belief. And the reason that they won't name the suspect, not that they don't know who it is now. They said they were very tricky in the way they worded it. They said they wouldn't name the suspect, not name a suspect, the suspect. So, uh... I believe they know who it is, and they're just not saying. And as a result of them not saying, the Secret Service has definitely lost points in the eyes of the American people because now um, they appear to be no better than the FBI in protecting the president and his family at the cost of the integrity of the United States. So, uh, guys, I'm hoping that somebody in there grows a pair and does the right thing. And, and, and comes forward, but if we don't see that, uh, it's going to be hard for anyone else to be able to, we, we don't have trust in law enforcement. We just don't. We don't. So much has gone on, and their inaction, as well as some of their actions, all are very suspicious. They're not doing what they say they're supposed to. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're not upholding the laws that are on the books, and when they do uphold the laws, it seems to be uh, against one political uh, party, 
or people that adhere to a specific ideology where people on the other side absolutely get a free pass. So a former FBI agent uh, who served as the supervisor of the federal investigation in Hunter Biden at the IRS has confirmed key portions of the whistleblower's testimony concerning the alleged political interference by the Biden administration into the investigation. The agent, who has not been named, told the House Oversight Committee on Monday that he was told to stand down and not approach Hunter Biden on the day that he was supposed to be interviewed by federal agents. The agent said that he was told by the Biden transition team he had been tipped off about the interview and that it would be inappropriate to proceed. So someone leaked the information. <laughs> this is what I mean. There's no trust, people. No trust. The agent's testimony corroborates the claims of two whistleblowers who have alleged the Justice Department interfered with Hunter Biden's investigation into the order to protect the president's son. The whistleblower has said, the whistleblowers have said that they were told that the investigation was being weaponized against President Biden and that they were being pressured to bury the case. The Justice Department has denied any of these allegations of political interference, but the House Oversight Committee is continuing to investigate. The committee is scheduled to hold a hearing on the matter Tuesday. So there's that, and um, they actually gave them until tomorrow to uh, make sure that the whistleblower's testimony uh, is going to be given to the judge so he has a full backstory on Hunter, Hunter Biden uh, before, he, before he deliberates. Now, uh, a former FBI agent has confirmed the key details of the Hunter Biden whistleblower story. These are takeaways. Uh, and the agent uh, said that he was told to stand down and not approach Hunter Biden on the day that he was supposed to be interviewed by federal agents. So you have higher-ups telling these agents what to do and what not to do, and it seems like they are taking direction from somebody else inside of the administration, or why else would they be doing this? Um, the Justice Department has denied any of the allegations of the polit uh, as political interference into the, uh, but the House, excuse me, into the Hunter Biden case. But the Oversight Committee is continuing to vet investigate. Thank God, thank God for for Comer and uh, you know and Grassley and Jordan and the rest of these guys. You guys are doing a hell of a job, and and we absolutely appreciate. The hard uh, the, the effort that you put into this and exposing these people we know who they are um, but now guys I do have a request for you it's time to impeach we have enough evidence the things that we're allowing by not impeaching the 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 amount of time that's passing by as this guy knows his days are numbered it just makes him all that much more dangerous and he is in the most powerful seat of the most powerful office in the world and someone w with his proclivities <laughs> of sniffing and licking and biting little babies and taking money from foreign nationals to enrich his family and, and many, many other things should not be wielding the power that he wields. So our request, the American people's request, is that we stop wasting time. There, there's, there's, I'm sure there's much more to know, but... It's time to impeach. It is more than time. It, it, this should have already happened, guys. It's, it's time to move forward with this. So, you know, that being said, 
take a look at what the prosecutor in the case had to say about Hunter Biden. Listen. The Justice Department has a deadline of 5 o'clock tomorrow to hand over documents in the Hunter Biden tax investigation. House Ways and Means Committee Chair Jason Smith out of Missouri is with me now. Sir, good morning to you and thank you for your time. You sent a letter on Friday to the AG requesting transcripts of the whistleblower testimony to be included in court for Hunter Biden's plea hearing. His plea hearing is the end of July. Do you think the judge will include this and why do you think it's important? Well, the letter was to the Attorney General Garland and also the prosecutor in that case, Mr. Weiss, that they would include that in the court record so that the judge can look at this information. You're talking about over 15 hours of information came through these two IRS investigators that are whistleblowers detailing some very egregious, egregious crimes, um, felony counts from 2014 to 2019 tax years, and we feel like that the that definitely the judge needs all the information in making the decision okay so it let's take your side of the argument that's interference as well if they're withholding information the judge needs to be uh aware of so that he can deliberate correctly based on all of the evidence you know if they withhold it they they're tampering well I mean, come on i can't believe this is happening like most people, I'm, I'm still, every time I hear the facts uh, just spoken out loud, it just absolutes me. It just gets me. Oh, I just don't understand why in the hell people on the left see this and come up with excuses for why it's okay. And their excuses all sound the same exact way. Well, Trump ain't got nothing to do with Trump. This is right and wrong, not right and left. This boy needs to be convicted. He needs to spend time in the pokey. He needs to be held accountable for the things that he's done, for the crimes that he's committed, and so does his dad, because I don't believe any of his crimes are his alone. They're his dad's as well. Here. If the judge had this information, how would it influence the judge's ultimate decision? Well, Bill, surely we do not live in a two-tier judicial system. And just because your last name's Biden, you shouldn't be treated differently. If you look at the 15 hours worth of testimony from those two IRS investigators, they showed numerous examples where the Department of Justice delayed the prosecution of Hunter Biden, in fact, to the degree that the tax crimes of 2014-2015 statute of limitations expired, which the, the IRS investigators testified that he should have been charged with several felonies. In the plea agreement that was, that was presented to Hunter Biden, it shows tax crimes of misdemeanors. Most average Americans, if they would have committed these crimes that were alleged by the whistleblowers, would definitely face jail time. So is this Garland's call to include it or not? That's exactly what we're trying to find out. It is definitely his call to include it. That's why we sent the letter to him. It's also Prosecutor Weiss. Either one of them have the authority because they're parties in this criminal plea agreement that they could. Now, I want to stop a second to address that. He says that it's definitely Weiss and Garland's call. Now, I don't know too much about, uh, well, I know it's Garland's call, but Weiss has already stated in the past that uh, that the decision-making as far as what will be charged to what degree uh, was taken from him. And uh, then Garland called him a liar. So that's never truly been resolved 
But according to the emails that were made public, it made it look like David Weiss was actually telling the truth there. They could allow it, and I hope that they do the right thing. Okay. I would hope so to believe that they would want the judge in to In cases know. like this, sorry to interrupt you here, but is it normal to do this so that a judge has all this in front of them? It is very normal for a judge to see all the information in cases in the past to see yeah. whether a plea agreement is adequate or deficient. It's also been done for the best interest of the country. And so he, he's not wrong. When a judge is um, ruling on a case, he takes everything into consideration. Witness statements, testimony from people, old cases, everything paints a clear picture as to who you are so that he knows how to sentence. Uh, because even though this deal was agreed to by the attorney general and uh, the prosecution, um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the judge is going to abide by that ruling, by that deal. The judge absolutely has the right to go his own way and sentence Hunter to something completely different if he so chooses to. He does not have to obey the, the terms of this deal. Um, and I've seen it happen where judges did not uh, obey the terms of the deal because they disagreed uh, in, in other cases with district attorneys or whatever. Uh, they definitely did. So they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't obey the deal. So they went their own way, and they typically, when they do that, they give out a good amount of, uh, of jail time to the individual that they believe deserves it. So, uh, and one last thing right here, because I want to top this off and put a cherry on top of this particular podcast. And there is something here that I think we all need to understand. Um, we, we've already seen L.A. just go down the tubes. Gascon not uh, uh, pursuing cases. I've seen attempted murder twice where people were let out uh, with very small crimes, fines, and things like that. Uh, in one case, it was just camp. Um now we're looking at, at uh, they already they just passed their cashless bail provision. So people over there don't even need money to get out. They just get arrested and get cut loose. Now, there is a union uh, over there, the police officers union, and this is what happened. The union of representing officers of Los Angeles Department has released a list of calls uh, for service that and that it believes can be handled by responders who are unarmed. So they are trying to remove the ability for police officers to protect themselves when they go on certain calls. This is absolutely the most heinous, ridiculous, stupid damn thing that I've ever heard in my life. In my life, I have never, ever, ever, ever heard of... Uh, somebody responding to a call in which they were not allowed uh, to carry a firearm. What I'm looking for here is, so, let's see here. Now, the union head, and I'm trying to look for his name because I don't want to misquote him. His name was Jaretta Sandoz. And uh, these words, now deleted, went viral, and he shed light on the growing uh, dissatisfaction within the LAPD. Sandoz criticized the L.A. City Council, claiming it was stacked against the police 
and some members harbored animosity towards them. Of course they did, or why else would they be pushing this dumbass law through? Who wants to go on a domestic disturbance where you don't have a weapon? One of the main things that a police officer has at his disposal that makes people think twice about doing something stupid is the fact that he has a weapon on him. So the head of their union told them to leave, quit, go somewhere else where you're appreciated. That's what he told the LAPD. Finally, somebody with a set, somebody with a pair that's willing to stand up and say what needs to be said. That city is going to go absolutely, it's going to look like, you know, a, a post-apocalyptic L.A. or some old, remember the movie Warriors? <laughs> that's what it's going to look like in L.A. It's going to look like Warriors. Warriors! That, that's exactly what it's going to be. Gangs are going to run these streets. The police, are, uh, first of all, they, they're not backed by by the city so uh, that's obvious based on the last two laws i just spoke about cashless bail and removing their weapons so why in the hell would you ever want to go be a police officer in la and maybe that's what they're after maybe they'll blame the lack of police on the fact that nobody wants to be a police officer there as opposed to their dumbassery with the laws that they create that make it to where police can't do their jobs and can't protect the people but here's the way that works Right, and and unfortunately, it's it's going to most likely it's going to cost people, some people maybe their lives, but what's going to happen is people are going to wake up and see that it is the wrong way to govern, and when they do, the pendulum is going to swing the other way, and it's going to swing hard the other way because that's the way it works. People get exposed to this left wing ideology, social socialist ideology, Marxist ideology, and next thing you know. When they get enough of it, they go completely the other way. Why do you think people from Cuba, 99.999% uh, of them are all ultra-conservative? They know what it's like living under Castro. Look at the people who lived under Hugo Chavez and the likes. They come here, and no way in hell are they ever going to vote for a Democrat. They know, they know what's at risk. They understand what's at risk. They understand that, that freedom and liberty are precious things that we definitely need to protect at any means necessary. Capital, any. A-N-Y, capital. Any means necessary. Liberty is that precious. And we need to do anything and everything we can to make sure we retain that liberty here in the United States. Well, Patriots, it's been great hanging out with you. I hope you paid attention. Here in the back, we did some work on the set. Um, new sign, new lights. You know, uh, new sound, uh, new mics, new a lot of things. And uh, we're, we're, like I said, we take this very seriously. The things that I report to you, uh, I go over these, and I make sure that I'm not giving you anything that's absolutely not true. Truth matters. I don't just say that. That's not just the slogan of the show. It, it, it's a reality. Truth matters. Truth matters more than anything else. More than anything else guys so you make sure out there that that patriots that the silent majority you need to stop being silent and stand your ground we'll see you next time on the patriots prayer